Hello, we are Terra Nova, a horror podcast. We're hosted by Kendall and Jackie. And here we talk about everything well, horror. And this podcast is specifically for you, the horror fans, and also the non-horror fans. If you're too scared to watch the movies, it's fine. We talk about it, we discuss it, we dissect it, we laugh about it, talk about the good, the bad, the tropes, and new episodes are launched every Monday. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TerranovaPod. And leave a review, five stars, of course, on all platforms that you listen. And last but not least, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And tell your dog, too. Cool dog. <laughs> Hello. What's up? <laughs> you know what? Whatever. You all right? Anyway, huh? hi. You all right over there? <laughs> <laughs> how's it going jackie how's everything good it's it's 2020 part two now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a good way to put it i love it i've been seeing the memes where people were like oh did you know 2022 is 2022 part two i was like yeah that was like such a dad joke but i'm with it i'll take it it's been, it's been a rough two years. I'll take it. Oh, God. The way everything's going, it feels like we're, like, in the final chapter or final chapter part one. We're just waiting for part two now. <laughs> <sighs> like one of them shitty B-movies that'd be like, the end is really the beginning. One of, the, one of those kind of things. <laughs> yes. I mean, it definitely feels like we're living in a B-rated horror movie. So bad. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, like, kind of a zombie apocalypse minus the zombies where people are like, I don't get how somebody would make that decision <laughs> and you're like oh okay i see it now i've seen people do it in real life <laughs> i know right he's like i've seen this movie before we're not in a movie this is real life <laughs> breaking the fourth wall like a scream <laughs> like it's all a movie sydney it's all a movie <laughs> like if a zombie apocalypse really happened i could see people walking up to the zombies like what are you waiting for <laughs> Fucking Julie. <laughs> oh, God. I'm done. All right. I'm gonna but yes, uh, we made it. Uh, new year. Woo. Yeah, I'm not enthusiastic Woo. about it. You can tell this, but Woo. I'm not. Um, but yes, so this is our um, State of the Union Horror episode where, you know, we're just going to flesh out things we liked, things we didn't like, things we want to look forward to in the new year. In terms of horror, because horror always evolves every year, every decade, something new every time, which that's why I love horror so much. <laughs> and this time around, we have a guest, a mutual guest from Tamara, who's we had we've had on the show like twice, and nothing but love for her because she's amazing yep. and funny as hell. And uh, yeah, it was like, I want to introduce to my friend. And I'm like, oh, what friend? And she was like, he likes horror just as much as I do. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so yes, uh, we give the floor to Jojo. Hello, hello. It's lovely to be here in this fetch evening talking about horror. Welcome, man. How's it going? I like how you turned on your prince voice. How's everything? <laughs> <laughs> everything's good everything's good i feel so fetch right now lovely to be so fetch oh you're trying to make fetch happen we gonna do that now <laughs> you're going back to me and girls i mean come on you can't escape the fetch man 
True, true, true. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, lovely, so, it's lovely to be here. Listen, Wednesdays, we wear all black and we're hexing people. Okay, that's what we're doing on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I wear black every day. Let's go. Enough. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll sit at that table. Before we get into it, chop it up. Jojo, tell everybody about yourself. All right, all right. Um, I'm the freshly young age of 21, about to be 22 in February 8th of 2000. Um, during that span of time, um, I've been in a music high school, Sally Cruz Monks High School of Music, got to represent. I've been doing music all mm-hmm. my life. I love horror all my life, ever since the age of five. Um, Michael Jackson's Thriller physically scarred me for life. I could not watch that um, werewolf transformation <laughs> sequence uh, during that pastime. I do now, and I respect it for what it is. Plus, I love my boy Mike. Yeah, yeah, disrespect. What else have I been doing? Um, I'm a teaching artist for uh, the um, nonprofit organization Opening Act. That's where I've met through Samara and where it led me to your guys' podcast, which is so happy, so happy, so happy. Um, so, yeah. Um, what have I been doing? Uh, I play clarinet. I sang in choir for three to four years. Uh, Mm-hmm. So I got the I got the praising praising the Lord and got to praise it. And uh, legit, yeah, yeah. My whole, my my taste in horror has been pretty pretty unique, but I do love. Yeah, everything. I want to hear about that. I want, tell tell us about your taste in horror because I know that's that's how the connection kind of started with you and Samara in that particular space. So I want I want to hear about that. What is like your taste? Okay. Horror? Okay. So I know my first taste in horror was thriller me actually getting scared on horror has to start with um the remake of what do you call it the remake of the grudge i i have to say it would start there because i could not sleep i could not even shower <laughs> like my mom would tell me to go shower i turn i turn the i turn the shower head on be be like sleeping in my bedroom turn it off and be like i'm done just because I don't want to go anywhere near it, because the grudge that that much scarred me. I don't know why. I, you talk about the one with with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yep, yep, the remake. <laughs> I don't know why I was so scared of it because in the end, when I actually watched the movie, like at the age I am now, and I'm like, how did I get? Scared? I, it, it's really, it's really ironic and funny to me. But that was my first taste in horror, and after that, it just gradually growed. It, it gradually grows into like me exploring more exploring different types different different cases and different um, categories mm-hmm. i still hate the french extremist horror even though i still watched it still scarred me but it, in some way it has its taste whatever i it's it's, it's all good i love everything about <laughs> okay from the deaths to the stories to the social commentaries to the evolvement basically from where we are in this year's standpoint oh and also 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 wait wait one more one more thing one more thing um if i would have if i would uh, i can't talk okay so if i would have to (laughs) favorite my if i would have my favorite type of um or genre category probably like indie independent in the independent horror movies because they bring in such unique concepts. Mm-hmm. Oh, so stuff like The Witch. Yep. 
or like uh, the other lamb and stuff like that. The girl that walks alone. Oh yeah, yeah, that is independent. Mm-hmm. And also, just recently, um, the Night House, twenty twenty one. I gotta check that one out. I heard good things. Mm-hmm. Right. And Rebecca Hall really carried that whole movie, like stunning. That's the thing that I like having. I love having creators, especially like Samara and of course, you know, you now JoJo, who are into the theatrical side. Because whenever we do movies and the times we had her on, we did it with Nightmare for Christmas and of course her recommendation, Baby Jane, we get a, a side of the actors vision of like what's it like acting what's it like being a method actor and it's interesting because i feel horror in general always has that space where you could be creative in your own way of how you're going to be a character and we've seen so many movies i mean movie that stands out for me of course is um maligant from on hbo max oh my gosh such a good movie and the acting was just so superb of, of like that whole fear inducing. And for someone who's in the theatrical themselves, you know, acting, singing, like, what do you think? What do you think the process is in terms of like the actor side of how to get in a role like that or any role that's like psychological or even something that really is like fear inducing? I guess, I guess you could say like, um, with be with being inside that sort of mindset, you would have to think of it as like a try to do something, try to do something outside of your payroll, outside of like your um out outside of your strengths, basically, and just try to flip it over its head and try to see it from an outside point of view. Where it's like, oh, and like for malignant, with having having someone control your body. And you having no thought of it, but thinking you're in that sort of position, it has to be very frightening to see a murder happen right in front of you and having no control over your body. When in reality, that is your body. You just have a parasitic mm-hmm. brother inside of you. And that twist <laughs> was like, what? What in the hell did I? James Wan, what did you do? What? What? <laughs> it was so bizarre in the most awesome way possible. He was on all the drugs when he wrote that shit. I was like, uh, okay. All right. They, this, this is what they, we're doing. The producers right. literally <laughs> told James Wan, okay, we're going to just give you this budget. Whatever you think of in that little brain of yours, go ahead. I bet we're going to go this route. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is crazy. And it's getting a sequel. Uh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It it me me coming out of that movie, I was like, okay, James Wan. Um, so you definitely got yourself another bag for franchise. Yeah, for sure. I felt the same. I feel like that was his way of making out for doing for even attempting to do the remake of Train to Busan. I feel like that was his apology of like, here, take this, forgive me. And it's just like, no, we're not gonna forget. It's a good <laughs> movie, but we're not gonna forget. They still doing that too. They still going to make that. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to take place. I think they said in Chicago or something or New York. New York? I forgot. It's, it's, it's trained to New York. That's what it's called. It's going to be like Amtrak or something. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I am not going to watch it. I, I I agree. I'm I'm not super excited about it, but uh, I don't know if I'll even watch it because Train to Busan is still so fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. But you know what? 
that's no that's that's a whole thing of itself. He he keep that. Uh, if he keep giving us, I guess these weird ass, bizarre ass, malignant type movies, and I guess I won't really care what else he do. I could just pick and choose because uh, did he do the last Conjuring as he well? Did. He, well, no, not the mm-hmm. last Conjuring, but I think he produced it. Okay, because that I know that's a recent one that came out that you know. It's always conversation with the Conjuring because, in my opinion, the first two are really, really good. But that that, that one, was such a disappointment. That one made me do it, in my opinion. That was such a disappointment. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, I agree. It definitely was a huge disappointment in a lot of ways. Like even in comparison to like the actual story, because I think I went and did a little bit of research on the actual story because I was just curious. Like you know, whenever you hear some based on a true story, it's always like, well, is it how true? <laughs> <laughs> like how accurate could this be? Yeah, it's like, what do you, did you take like the inspiration from it, or did you like try to base it off of what actually happened? Like, what did you do? So, uh, and I, I did a little bit of research. And I don't even remember some of the stuff, I, some some of the stuff I found, but it seemed like the whole thing of him, you know, being in court. It seemed like the story to that was actually more similar to the story for the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it was more like they were trying to convince the courts that like he was actually possessed. Versus like him actually just committing the crime that he committed. And it was kind of like a big thing because, you know, the Warrens are controversial in and of themselves. So it was a big thing around whether or not people actually believe them or not. So it literally sounded exactly like that movie, except it was real life. And I'm guessing that's probably why they took the actual movie in a different direction entirely to kind of avoid that comparison. There's also I mean, there's also there's also the dissonance between saying it's based on true events versus inspired. Because if, yes, exactly. at least mm-hmm. inspired by, you get more legway into how things came to be since it's not fully fact. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, I. It's funny because um, you know our other fellow podcast duo, uh, girl that's scary. Shout out to you, girls. Uh, they actually did. They watched. They binge watched all three films. I don't know how they did it. I tried it. And then I watched the last, the, the recent one, Conjuring Thing, on my own. And I was like, let me just see how it is. Let me see. I mean, I've heard that it was mixed reviews. I was like, mm, let me see. I might feel different about it. It literally felt like it was like, and I made a joke about it on Twitter. And 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 um, our homegirl, Shea, <laughs> wrote to me. And she was like, you did not just reference this. It literally felt like Lorraine was Sailor Moon if she wanted to. All she needed was a freaking like cross, a magical cross to be like, you know, in the name of God, I'll punish you. And because they had a villain, <laughs> they had a real villain. They had a legit villain. They had to fight. Literally had to fight. All they were missing was her doing like, you know, moon spiral magic, and the villain being like, "How lovely!" That's all they needed. Like it. That'd have made a better movie. It, it really probably would've. would. But that that's what it felt like. It felt like I was watching. It didn't feel like I was watching a supernatural conjuring film. I felt like I was watching like an action film where, because they actually had to fight a villain. All the other films, they were facing something that was supernatural. They literally were fighting a villain, an actual villain, <laughs> like a flesh and blood villain. <laughs> and then, and then you see, and then you see the the dude um, think, thinking he's just doing what's best for his kid, and it's like, no, what, why even? in the first place that's what made her that's what made her curious in the first place to even go down this route and why did you tell her to stop or move to a new hobby mm-hmm. very weird that movie was was yeah i didn't hate it but i was kind of like i could have done without it but uh <laughs> but it's, it is what it is it is what it is i'm not i'm not i'm not mad at it i did watch my hbo max so i didn't have to leave my house so that part was nice please keep doing that hbo yes <laughs> that was great i, I wish yeah. i could have done that 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. We get on to like some other stuff. <laughs> uh, one movie I was telling Jackie about recently that I was like, we should totally cover at some point. I did. I, I watched uh, The Dark and the Wicked. I don't know if either one of you guys got a chance to see that one. Mm-mm, I think yet. I saw the trailer for it and I was in. That's in Shutter, right? Yeah, I think it's on Shutter. Yeah. 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 Sh- yeah I definitely see a, I definitely saw a trailer for it. So it's on my watch. I am thinking of watching it pretty soon. Yeah, it's. It, I really enjoyed it. I watched it, I think, like a few months back. And I, I don't know, I think I'm starting to uh, fall into, like, that spot of, like, I really like horrors that feel almost like, like, dread, dreadful dramas. Oh, those are the best. <laughs> they're, like, you know, um, they're just always so good, right? Like, when they just kind of put you, put, like, a group of people in, like, certain kind of circumstances that, like, are kind of supernatural, but also kind of relate to, like, you know, real-life problems and stuff. And, like, The Dark and the Wicked, I feel like, does that really well, because it's, like, not to spoil it or anything, but, like, basically... I had to do like a quick summary of it it would basically be like this family this this uh brother and sister are coming home just to see their mom and dad on like basically like the farm they grew up in and like their father is like sick and he may possibly be dying soon so they kind of want to like be there in his final moments but it's just like with them coming home all of their like childhood trauma and stuff like that is resurfacing in like really interesting ways and you're not sure if there's like something supernatural that's taking their father or if it's just like their feelings about the situation the movie is really really good it's like it's full of dread i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> it's full of dread but the movie was like really good and i really enjoyed it from beginning to end it definitely has some legit moments of like terror and like holy shit that's like actually really scary <laughs> I, i'd highly highly would recommend it Ooh, okay, am i okay. gonna i gotta ask something and i know you, i think i know what i'm gonna ask you Kendall. if i watch this Am I am I gonna be messaging you, asking you what the fuck? <laughs> oh yes, I can think of at least three Son scenes on top of my head where you're gonna be like, Kendall, it's gonna you gonna, it's gonna feel like the witch. <laughs> you can't message me while you're watching the witch. It's gonna feel like that. <laughs> it might be more grim. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Actually, this made me it's, even it's heavy. This, it's made, heavy this is making me even more curious to watch it now. I'm, I'm not about, about to, to resubscribe to Shutter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am not it's good, curious. Dude. I really, though. I really enjoyed it. I'm like, you know I what? I really enjoyed it. I'll watch Spark Notes and just say, yeah, I watched it. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It was definitely one of my favorites of last year. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like this year too. Kind of had it. I mean, we kind of had had it in 2020, but I feel with everything that's that's going on in the world. I feel like 2021 had a theme with certain horror and that's like the social commentary aspect. And I feel like every horror film that has come out had some sort of social commentary, even if it was like little bit, little bit. And I mean, Candyman, the mm-hmm. new one, that was, I, yeah. I, I liked it. Some people were just like, nim, 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 nim. some people were just like, no, it's really good. And I think the reason why people feel that, they didn't enjoy it is because the social commentary aspect where they were just like oh my god we know this we see this and i remember i i mentioned this to you before kendall where it's like we know when movies are being made if it's for us or if it's for a white audience and Candyman kind of felt like it was both but also felt like it was kind of like for white audiences so i kind of get what people were getting at but at the same time, 
it needs to be done because people are still being ignorant of the reality of the world. You you mean Candyman as a whole or just a recent film? Just a recent film. Okay. Ooh, man. Also, may I also film, say Jojo? that, yes, I have seen, the, I've seen it maybe three or four times because I was so, my first mm-hmm. watch was like, my first watch was my first watch. So, was, so of course I enjoyed it. And then it went to my second watch. And then I was like, oh, something mm-hmm. no add up. Third watch. Okay, something really no add up here. <laughs> <laughs> and I could understand how um, some people would also say that it it doesn't tie to the rules that was established in the first Candyman in 1992. That of which I could see both. Mm-hmm. I could see I could see one way, and I could play devil's advocate and look at it another way. With the first one being like Candyman doesn't kill just racist racist cops and stuff like that, and at the other way. Yeah. It's a retelling of the film and more specifically the legend of Candyman where it's like we're we're trying to reshape it and reform it into our black pain and roof into what we have suffered over this country for the past 400 years and with the first one being Daniel Robitaille. So you could see it one way or you could look at it another and try to find that common ground but either way this is a different take from what was established in the first movie so i would kind of see it as sort of like i enjoyed it for being more expressive about the trauma that we have to go through and it's very overtly it's very in your nose about it we, we can admit that it's very in your nose about the social commentary about it for sure mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, but the ending could have been a little bit more, maybe like 10 minutes plus, because it was definitely rushed, and that's where they kind of lost me. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I hear you. I hear you. And we, we would definitely, of course, do the original at some point, or or the, or even that one. The one is fine. Candyman is Candyman. I love Candyman. Tony ties that. He that dude. So we'll definitely do it at some point. But yeah, no, I, I, I like the movie. I saw it with Jackie. So we 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 joked. I remember, I like, I think a few minutes into the movie, I leaned over to her and I was like, "See, I told you, Katie, was a black story." <laughs> because people used to always, <laughs> people used to always try to take the original because that was one of the, always one of the biggest criticisms of the original was that it wasn't a black story. But I'm like, how can you say that just because his lover was white? Like that doesn't mean the story isn't black. If anything, it made it more so a black story. He was killed because his lover was white. Mm-hmm. Like. It's a black story. The, the original film did not focus heavily on that aspect of it, but it mentioned that. And then even in, even if, like I said, I know we're going to do it at some point so I can go and go hard with it. But like it, it's, it, it felt the, the recent film definitely felt like a, a good tie in. It felt like it grew the legend of what the character was, which I thought was really interesting. It grew in a unique way. Mm-hmm. I don't think it definitely wasn't just he killed just racist people that because he killed yep. everyone in that movie. Who called his name, which has always been the rules. If you call him, he'll kill you. He don't show up and be like, it was you. Exactly. Like, he just murk everybody. Exactly. <laughs> so, they, they it didn't really ch- change that there. If you want to view it that way, that's a you thing, but that he's always killed everybody who's called him. That's just always been the rule. It's never been like, if you white, don't call him. Or if you black, don't, you could call him. Like, that's never been the rule with Candyman. It's always been he'll kill mm-hmm. whoever calls him. So, simple as that. But yeah. I'll leave it for a deeper discussion because we're going to cover that at some point. And that movie. I did, I did have some things I like about it, and I got more thoughts, but uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I if you bring if I you mean, bring yeah. me in for a Candyman podcast, that's literally all I'm gonna talk about <laughs> because I have so many thoughts about it. <laughs> and coming from a young age and having to learn all of this very early, I have a very innovative mindset about what I think about Candyman. Oh, I'll take it. I, we you might have what? to bring you up for that. Yeah, one. we might have to set it up then. Right after, th- right after this episode, we have to set it up then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah but yeah and 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 the the response of like near the i mean near the costa i think did an amazing job with the remake i just gotta say that like she did an incredible job with it uh the way she did the story it was just a response where it kind of made me feel that way where it's just like well is this and when i say like is this a movie for us or or white audiences i mean like is this a lesson for them because this is something we already know we know this already We've experienced it. We know it. We see it all the damn time. We know this already. Uh, so then that's how I mentioned. That's why I mentioned like, is it for us or for what audiences? And then you see yeah, people. Yeah, important question. Yeah, you see people responding it in that same similar way where they're like, we don't want to see this. We see this all the time, every day. Why are they keep showing us this? Why is it this? Why is that? So I get both sides of it. Where it's just like it is kind of needed because even I mean we always said before and. Even the guests we've had have mentioned it many times that horror is just a good reflection on real life. And what Nia DaCosta did with twenty like the 20, 20, 20, uh, 2021 Candyman was that she took something that's real that happens every day, every year, every week, and implemented to show that Candyman is not just a figure. It's something more whether people liked that approach or not, whatever, like Kendall said, that's on you. But again, I just thought it was clever. And I feel, I mean, social commentary has always been part of horror, but I feel more than ever in 2021, it felt like it was more of a normal thing. Like, I don't know if you guys feel the same way about horror for 2021 or not. Uh, Yeah, I, I kind of, I definitely agree. Uh, You know, once things kind of get, once things kind of get more into, you know, the populace, people tend to, you know, try to reflect those things in the media more evidently mm-hmm. or more obviously mm-hmm. so that people could, could latch onto it easier. Because like we said, those these th- things have always been present, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you step away from like Jason, Freddie, Michael Myers and Chucky and those guys and get into like the other four films of the genre, there there's always been messages. You have, uh, shit, what's the one I'm thinking of? With, uh, uh, they, no, them. was it they? For yeah. Prime mm-hmm. Video. Them. Was it, no, was it them? Was it the one with? Bill, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why my mind is bugging right now. But the one with uh, with Roddy Ronnie Piper, with the with the creatures, uh, with the, that was where the whole Obey thing came from, because they had the monsters that were like um, humans couldn't see them unless they wore the special glasses. It was him and uh, uh, my man from the thing who played Charles, who also voiced uh, the lead on Gargoyles. I don't know why his name slipped my mind as well. <laughs> They live. That's what it is. They live. live. Okay. Okay. They live. That's yeah, why I was like, there we it go. sounded so specific. Yeah. I was like trying to remember because I watched it like, I think probably January of last year, literally forever. I finally got a chance. They live. Yeah. That was the one where, you know, it's like the, the uh, humans oh, are living in the world and everything, oh. but there's like these monsters among them, but they don't know unless they, and then you get these special, Roddy Roddy Piper gets these special glasses and allows him to see who are actually humans and who are actually I these do- creatures. And then they, he tried to like stop them because they basically ruled the world already. But he tries to stop them. Um, that movie was all, and I think it, that was a John Carpenter film. Yes, that movie was all uh, social commentary. The whole movie was like literally about social commentary. It, it had criticism of marketing. 
It had a criticism of how our social norms in terms of even reproduction and the things that we just do because society always tells you to do. That movie came out like 88 or something. And that's like entirely social commentary. So these things have always existed in the genre. Uh, it's just, yeah, I think it becomes it's becoming more obvious now. And for certain themes, I, uh, I say it would, are more obvious now so that people kind of go, oh, yeah, I know that. And like Candyman was per- a good example of that. There was a lot of good, Resident Evil, of course, is a good example of that stuff. Yeah, I do agree. Like, even a film I saw during the summer, uh, what is it? Caveat? Caveat? Um, mm-hmm. And that's a Netflix. I think it's Caveat or Cadaver. It was. I, I think I knew you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, it was some film about how, it's it's like, imagine, not, I don't want to say Hunger Games, but it felt like Squid Games in a sense, but they're not doing kind of like Squid Games, but it evolved around this whole utopia world where the rich rule one side, the poor rules the other side, and the poor is invited to get this free dinner. But the twist is, is that they have to act as if it's a show. So you're acting and people don't realize that it's all a show, but it's a show with a twist where people are dying and being killed off, and it has a bit of cannibalism in it too. But the social, but the social commentary of it is that when you're so poor and, and helpless and desperate, what are you willing to do to get out of it? What are the steps that you're willing to push to, to get out of it? Are you willing to sacrifice yourself, sacrifice others, or if you are you willing to break the cycle? And I feel more, especially like in our culture. Um, I gotta check that out. It's really good film, and I feel like for our culture because Jojo, you mentioned that how you're also Honduras, yes. Yes. right? I'm Honduran. I I feel like especially for us for like Latino community, we have this whole thing of like the vicious generational cycle, generational trauma, and what are you willing to do to break it? And besides, you know, Candyman showing their social commentary, you know, even even. Malik then also kind of did some sort of social commentary about that, and then of course caveat. I feel that also became a norm of the whole like breaking like generational trauma, and that kind of reminds me of Old Ways, which is a film, a Mexican film about tradition and and a ghost story. And it's so good, and it also kind of reminds me of that of 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 breaking generational trauma and the representation of that in film, especially horror. And another example is. Blood of Quantum and the other films we did for Native American Month, where we're seeing that yeah. in real time, what that looks like. Moving forward, I want to see more of that in 2022. When can we get more of that? How can we get more of that? And it's it's like it's exciting to see that. And I, I definitely want to see more of that, you know. I definitely Jackie, I definitely I definitely agree with you there with um having the case of um uh, a real life event taking taking on the form of a horror movie like with La Llorona and how mm-hmm. that took that concept onto its head with the urban legend was just very clever storytelling. I was so imme- I was so immersed by that movie. It was just a beautiful movie to watch. That's so good. Yeah, like Bisamonte like um oh my god, Basamonte. He did an amazing job with that film. <laughs> <laughs> like, he did- yeah top tier that movie was dope um one that was like really good another movie that was like really like a movie that was really good example of like religion in my opinion was like saint maud oh 
Oh, Saint Maude. The Saint Maude was wild. You guys, the amount that, of tension I felt, wild. and it was such a, it was such a unique character study. It was so unique. I've heard of it, but yeah, yeah I haven't seen it yet. I've heard of it. I heard the title before. I think it's on it should, Amazon. It should or be on like Amazon it, it was, and Epics. Uh, you could also it might also mm-hmm. be on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was also A twenty four, which you know A twenty four, got Midsummer and all of this stuff. Like I don't know, they just be they be throwing out the wildest films, but I like it. I like that they go for weird. <laughs> I, love, I love the macabre. <laughs> there's always there's always like danger in the macabre or the uncanny. Yeah, it's like they they do it up. Same Maul was really interesting. Like. It is basically like in short, I would say it's basically like it's about this woman who's like seems to kind of the kind of color born again. I guess you won't. I don't know if that's the exact term you would use, born again Christian. And she's like basically works as like a caretaker for people and stuff like that. And but she just has like very very strict religious beliefs, and it's just like the film kind of shows you how it just touches every part of her life in really interesting ways. And it's like it kind of watch her melt down, but also you. It, it's a lot. It's it, I would just say it's really intense. Like <laughs> throughout the movie, I was just like, I kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable like that, and I really, I really feel that way watching a horror film. But it's just, it's so tense. You're kind of like, holy shit. I would, I would highly recommend it. I'm sure for you, Jackie, it'll probably be uh, extra crazy because you, you dealt with some. You know, you t- openly talked about the the stuff you dealt with with religion. So this yeah. movie kind of oh, pushes yeah. some of that to the extreme of the extreme. It is, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's wild. It's not mm. like super bloody or super gory, but it's just psychologically crazy. Can't wait to be triggered. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. It's something about yeah. you before, and you already know. They just get it. They they get it. But uh, hey, man, we get everything with horror, right? We get the, we even get the viruses. I know COVID, so people don't be wanting to think about viruses, but there there still be some half. There still be some decent movies about it. Like I watched one called Super Deep on Shutter. That was pretty. I kind of enjoyed that. That was pretty good. Uh, it was like some this woman who's like a I guess she's like a specialist in like viruses or something like that. And I think she like helps out the government, and they send her to like go to this place that's this laboratory that's like way deep under un- under the earth to like extract like this virus that's like apparently killing people. She doesn't know how severe it is until she gets there, but then she gets there, and you see how like crazy the virus is. The movie kind of feels a bit like the thing, and like mm-hmm. yeah, it feels kind. That's the best. I- yeah, that's the best comparison I come up with. The movie kind of feels like the thing. Because you mm. even get like a weird, interesting-looking monster in there as well. It's, it was like really interesting from like a science fiction perspective. Ooh, that sounds interesting. That's cool. I might watch it. You know, I'm kind of surprised we didn't get more films out of what was going on. But I mean, besides Blood Quantum, like Blood Quantum came out at the height of the pandemic. But I'm really surprised we didn't get any more films, kind of reflecting on it. Um, and I'm also kind of waiting for more zombie films too, because I feel like zombie films is the best way to interpret a this pandemic, b how selfish this world is, <laughs> and c how the government does not give a fuck <laughs> about you. And you know, we had uh, what is it, Train to Busan, uh, the sequel, Oh Peninsula, which I watched, yeah, and yeah, which also it wasn't as powerful as the first one. But it still had its social commentary aspect of it here and there. And I believe it's funny because like the original creator said that how he had no intentions of ever making sequels. The first one is still regarded as one of the best films ever. Best, 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 best. And now he's in talks of like a potential third film. 
which I have no idea what he will do because I'm like, where is it going? Is it taking over all of Asia? <laughs> like, is <laughs> has it has it taken over all of Asia? Is it coming over here? Like, like what's going on? But yeah, it's just it's just really interesting. Very, yeah, crazy. Imagine he imagine he does a big tie in oh from the third film of what's happening in Asia to tie into the remake. And oh then it'll be like universe. <laughs> the train universe. The train <laughs> universe. <laughs> oh my god. The train universe. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know that almost sounded oh like god. a <laughs> Oh god, now you just ruined it. Jesus. No, it was going so well, Kendall. And he had to ruin it. This is why I always tell you, shh, shh. <laughs> I did my best. I did my best. <laughs> he did his best. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> I think another cool. Speaking of something. Yeah, another cool thing too is that um, we we did an episode before about it this year too about kids pop of horror, <laughs> the kid friendly, uh, horror <laughs> option. You know, the, the gateway, and we had a good. We had a good, like, you know, stream of that. Like, Night Books, which is also a kid-friendly horror. It's, it's also based on children's books. Um, it's on Netflix. Really, really good about a witch. Uh, I believe it's written... I don't know if it's written, but I think it's written by Stephen King's son, if I remember. No, it's not. Never mind. Different person. That was interesting. A witch who wants to be told scary stories. <laughs> she kidnaps children. Um, it, it's fascinating. The at the the movie it's I mean the movie the series itself is really amazing like the graphics are incredible. Um, we also had what is it? Uh, the Fear oh, yes. Street series. Oh, which yes. was incredible. You know, based on that was fun. Yes, you know, based on R. L. Stein's young reader stories. Which yes, he does that. He wrote books for kids, for teenagers, and even adults. Like he's versatile. Yeah. You know he's he's in, he's incredible with that. Uh, we had a other other kid friendly films too, I believe, that came out of this year that was like horror orientated, and it's it's nice to see that because you know Kendall and I have mentioned before that there's this whole there's this whole thing in in horror community which I, I'm pretty sure you you've dealt with that before too, Joe Jojo. If you haven't, is that people tend to look down on on a kid-friendly horror. I was like, oh, is that scary? Is that this? Is that that? And I'm like, have you seen Coraline, sir? Like, have you sat down and watched Coraline? Have you have <laughs> you watched Curse the Cowardly Dog? <laughs> she had buttons for eyes. Yeah, or oh, Curse the Cowardly yes. Dog. Wild as fuck. Hell yeah. yeah. Which they had a sequel, Curse the Cowardly Dog and Scooby-Doo <laughs> teaming up together. <laughs> uh, what's the odds of that? And and I feel like it, it with Stuff like night books and definitely Fear Street. I feel like Fear Street kind of changed that narrative of like, listen, stuff for young readers can be scary. It can be gory. It can be graphic. Give it a chance. It's not so much. This. And Fear Street did an amazing job. People mm-hmm. were talking about it. Word. It became number one on Netflix. People Everybody were, was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was so good. And I that too, I hope I see more, you know, in 2022 that we see more kid-friendly horror being up there alongside adult horror films you know yes we love yes we love like you know the halloweens we love this and that but 
Kid Friendly Horror, they they do their stuff. They know how to like scare you. I mean, we're ha- we're gonna be having Hocus Pocus too oh, yeah. <laughs> coming out soon, which I am excited about. And that too has its own like horror elements of it. I mean, I'm sure someone's like, "This is not horror. It's horror not for you, but it's horror for your five year old kid, maybe." Um, but it's it's horror, and that's something too. I, I definitely hope eventually gets like shut down of that whole that whole like, well, kid fr- kid friendly horror isn't horror. Like it is horror. You know, like, what do you guys think about that? Apparently, horror is horror for their standards because they're growing up and they still don't know what the world looks like. And I guess it, and for the, for these types of movies, it's kind of like an exploration of the themes alongside, like, can't be knowingly, like, fake stuff that's, like, mm-hmm. supposed to be scary for you in your subconscious or taps into your phobias while also trying to explore themes of like having to grow up in a world that's like unknown or in or like alien to your to your like viewings so you could definitely learn a lot about that while still being scared like there's a good formula that's being formulated that that's that's good (laughs) there's a good formula being made to establish (laughs) young teens or young adults to still learn while being and that also goes with kids as well. Mm-hmm. Facts, so so true. And yeah, I'm so happy you brought up Fear Street. Fear Street was so fun. It was like so good. Um, Aro-san is like one of my favorites. He's just that dude. Like I remember I had to write a, like a uh, a paper about like my favorite author when I was in like the seventh grade, <laughs> and I put Aro Stein. Like <laughs> my teacher was like, really? And I was like, yes, I love Aro Stein. Like the Goosebumps books were such a big part of my childhood. The series was such a big part of my childhood. And for him to like, he's resurfaced in my life several times. It's really interesting. Like he did Goosebumps when I was like eight years old and I've read all the books. I used to go to the library just to read those books. And then, uh, of course we had a TV show and then he even had like a few movies. We just, they did have some Goosebumps movies back when they knew they can get people to watch TV Saturday night. (laughs) They put a few random Goosebumps movies on Saturday night. Uh, then later on, I think this was like almost, maybe almost 10 years ago at this point, he had a different series on Netflix called like R.L. Stein's The, Haunt, Hour or the Haunting like that. Hour. That was my favorite. Yeah, The Haunting that Hour. That actually scared me more than Goosebumps themselves, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was dope. The Haunting Hour was really cool. It was like similar vibe of Goosebumps of like younger adult, but like a little bit more scary than Goosebumps. Because he definitely had a story oh. about how this doll stole this girl's oh, soul. Scared. That shit was really wild. <laughs> like, that shit was wild. That shit was wild. And then, like, now for R.L. Stein, to then resurface in my life with this Fear Street stuff. I just have to give the dude a shout out, man. Like, I don't know if he'll ever hear this, but I just love everything the man done. R.L. Stein has been, like, one of the least problematic white dudes in existence. <laughs> this man, they, I've been out here riding the Capitol. He's just been like, yo, I'm writing horror for kids. And that's it. That's my bag. Like, he ain't out here doing nothing crazy. You don't see him on TikTok doing backflips. My man just like, I'm in my bag <laughs> with this horror. And y'all gonna like it every time I resurfaced. And I'm happy to hear he pops up every time he does. That man has been a huge part of my life. I love I how consistent he's, he's been with that. Yeah. And knowing that his books would literally be resurfacing for new ages and new generations to come through. And to have some type of work like that. I could understand his reasonings, uh, reasonings ahead, ahead forward. Like he really was a genius about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, even looking at Fear Street, like 
we can call it innovative. You call it what you want. We have a lead where the lead is basically a lesbian and that she's kind of being shunned for it. But like, but like, and it's like in 2021, like it's, it's our time period now. So like that makes sense. Whereas people, you know, it's that age group where people are discovering themselves. So it just made sense within the context of the story. And then it also made sense in the context of the bigger landscape of that world and like why they were going through things that they were going through. Like dude was in his bag. It was mixed. We got a little bit of everybody in there. Got Hispanic. We got black. We got everybody in there. Come on, man. Come on, Earl Stein. <laughs> Come on through, man. <laughs> it's definitely true. Yeah. And another series too that comes, I mean, I haven't fully finished it as well, but Lock and Key. Lock and Key's on Netflix. That's also kid horror. Mm-hmm. That's that's kid like thriller or fantasy or dark fantasy. I mean, listen, dark fantasy is also horror yes. depending how it's done. Um, but yeah. that's also kid friendly and people love it. Adults, kids. And that was written by uh, Stephen King's son who wrote the book. And that too. And that's what I mean by the whole like people giving these, these shows a chance. And then totally forgetting and erasing. Wait, this is for kids. Why am I enjoying this? Like, there's no shame with enjoying it. You know, there are people who literally can't handle watching, you know, certain films like, you know, Candyman or even the Resident Evil films or whatnot. But they can sit down and be terrified of like, you know, Tim Burton films or, you know, Paranorman or Hocus Pocus. Because that's that's the level they can contain. That's the level they can uh, like take in terms of horror, and that's totally fine. You know, horror shouldn't be discriminative of what level you can take. And I think it's so ridiculous how there is that that level, that invisible level exists in the community. And I feel like it should just be broken already. It should be taken down. Like, and I feel Fear Street, Lock and Key, Night Books. I feel like they're doing that by breaking that where everyone can enjoy it and still walk away with like, wow, that was pretty good. That was pretty decent. I can't wait to see what's next. Oh, even in, oh, yeah. I could also say even in chat, you, you even are- like um, in TV channels, like Nickelodeon for um, basically picking up the Dusted series, but still amazingly good horror series, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And reforming it as a, as a TV miniseries mm-hmm. for the new generations and, and younger audiences and they weren't afraid to go dark which i like if it came to exploring the ter- the certain themes that they were trying to focus on during the are you afraid of dark tv miniseries and it all holds up quite well and it was still scary at that prospect too so i gotta give a shout out to nick for for revitalizing yeah, word. They get mad credit for that. I thought that was a series that kind of. I feel like that series gets forgotten about a lot. Yeah, and I time, hate so to say that it's forgotten it because around. they have really mm-hmm. good. They have really good episodes where 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 some scenes where some scenes were yeah. were very scary, bro. At least it was some sort of traumatizing. It, it one that one point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They they got yeah. me. Me too. Many times. Many times. <laughs> Many I episodes. Know you, I don't know if you remember the episode the of. Um, the water monster in the pool. Oh, that that the the the, oh the effects God. of that creature. No, Yo. <laughs> dude, we covered that episode. I think in the beginning of this year when January first started, <laughs> Kendall was like, "We gotta do an episode." Are you for the dark? And I was like, "All right, bet. Let's choose the episode that traumatized yes. me as a child." <laughs> and then rewatching it as an adult, oh, yeah. JoJo, it's still scary. I'm just telling you. The practical it's effects so on that creature. Oh, it was enough to get make my goosebumps crawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they was in their bag for that series. That series was wild. 
It made me never want to go in the forest ever. I don't care if we got a campsite out there to tell stories. I ain't going. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm they not doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that aside, uh, JoJo, I know you said you had so many things you were like, you kind of want to watch. Like, what's in your queue? Like, what you're looking okay. forward to watching? What are you sitting down? All right, all right, all what's right. What's up in next uh, for you to watch? So during this year, I have used the tools of my ability. Aka AMC's A-list subscription. <laughs> to make sure I could get the quickest amount of time in watching the horror movies that released this year. And I had a very decent, decent amount mm-hmm. of um, movies to watch in my queue. Um, I don't know if I... No, I'm going to go with them in order. Uh, from what I see in my... Okay, so I saw The Night <laughs> go House. For it. If I have to make a few notes on it, Rebecca Hall, amazing. Uh, beautiful story in terms of talking about the advocation of loss and what is on the other side when it comes to death and i have to say pretty bleak but unique take Mm -hmm. on it i was i was stunned um last night in soho edgar wright's first horror movie completely exceeded completely exceeded my expectations to the point where i had to see it four times and i loved every one of them and of course the music I have to steal his records or something because he's a disgrace to music because he has really good taste in music. So I need to talk with him about his records. (laughs) (laughs) He also did Baby Driver. Yes. Yes, he did. Oh, of course. And there's such a unique sequence to the point where there was a unique sequence in it. I don't want to spoil too much of it. Um, if you if you do want to know a little bit about mm-hmm. it, I get I guess I could give you a short summary. It focuses on a young fashion designer named Ellie or Eloise who has a good opportunity to go to London for a fashion school to continue her studies for her mom and her grandma. And while there, she gets an apartment that's suitable for her style because she's to the late 60s London lifestyle and it enters into a fantasy mm-hmm. into her nightmares where she meets this girl um I'm not I'm, actually no I, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep her name in, in the books for now so she meets this girl and gets into her body and yeah, you know, it's starts funny. to experience yeah. those types of you know where she, where she has explored back in the late 60s Starts to get influenced it more to the point where it's gone dark at some uh, point, okay. and major shit goes down. That's that's the. the oh, okay, that that was the one I've been trying to make to the theaters to see. So oh yeah, I it should be on the demand, so you could be able Sounds to watch good. it. But I highly recommend that. Um, okay. Candyman saw it four times. Halloween Kills. I was, uh, it was the middle of the movie. It was the middle of the movie. Same. That that that's basically Same. that was my last thoughts because by the Same. end I was like, is that really it? Am I missing something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet, right, Kendall? No, I haven't seen it yet. I, I, all I heard about was the lady with the iron. Like, but, uh... um, <laughs> and I know they released the extended <laughs> yeah. cut, so I'm gonna have to watch that because I do not like the theatrical. Yeah, I felt like I wasted my time I was, watching it. I had, I had such good Honestly. expectations because I know it was the middle of the movie, but I hope they did something good that would make me, you know, excited for the third one. Yes. 
Hollywood. What is it? Halloween Hollywood. Ends. What is it? Halloween. Halloween. Ends. Halloween. I said I Halloween. <laughs> Halloween ends. I can't even say it. Yeah. I can't say Hollywood. What? Because <laughs> the movie felt oh, so Hollywood. That's what you got from it. Oh, continuing uh, down my list. By they're making this. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> continuing my list. Um, That's right. I already mentioned Candy, but of course we can get into that at a different time since I'm pretty sure I said my pieces before I continue on more. Um, Malignant, very good <laughs> in the theater. Such a bizarre scene. I mean, they did. It was like a. It was like a. If I had to make a note of it, it was like campy, but also trying to take itself too seriously. But I managed to find the mix that. I, I I found a good medium into it, especially when it came to the twist where it's like, okay, I'll take this bizarre horror movie as it is. Bizarre, but I loved it. Beautiful. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I got a lot of laughs out of that one. I was I watched that one at home as well on HBO Max and I, I exactly. laughed my ass off. Horror movies in general sometimes could just make you laugh because the way people react to stuff. But yeah, a few people in that movie I did recognize. That movie was, was gave me some definitely some laughs because you're right. In some parts I wasn't sure if they were trying to be serious or if they were trying to be funny. It's but it's time I to cut out the so cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite movie. That was my favorite moment right there. It was time to cut out the cancer. Okay, cool. I was I was so I was so slowed in right there. Um, to, to continue down, um, spiral from the book of Saw. Um, this one was also kind of a meh because. I could understand Chris Rock's reasoning. That's what I heard. I, I've listened to his interviews and stuff where he kind of wants to take a more funnier approach. In some ways, eh. Other ways could have been, you know, retweaked a little bit better. But, you know, it's a Saw movie. It's drama. Um, a Quiet Place Part 2, I would say it met my... I met my okay. it met my expectations, but I expected a little bit more from it. But the choices that the characters made, I could not stand by it. Yeah, and no, I agree. I saw that in theaters. That was okay. Like the first one was really good, which I also watched last year for the first time. Uh, actually, like a month or two before the new one came out, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, that was really, really." The first one's a really, really good, solid film. The second one, yeah, I kind of felt the same. I was like, "This is okay." It definitely fell into a few traps of like you know killing the token character i'm like yo y'all introduced his brother for five minutes exactly. yeah, nah. <laughs> like i was like, <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck i hate i'm never excited for movies to do that like if you're gonna kill the character i don't care that you kill black people in your movies i really don't but if you introduce them and then five minutes later they die it's like why'd you introduce them what was the point uh it was like my my, my family i was no keep going they're, they're probably already gone <laughs> <laughs> Really, really weird. But yeah, I thought that movie was all right. It was okay. I could have expected better, but you know, it's at least it was an end to the family. So I could say that. Um, Indie, Indie Earth. It's a, it's a very good, like, how do I want to describe it? It's like a psych. It's mostly like a psychedelic horror film because there were some sequences where it had those kaleidoscope effects. So it's something to really make you feel tense unnerved and confused because that's how i was by the end of the movie <laughs> but it, but mm-hmm. i do think it deserves more watches it's on hulu if you want to watch it but it's a it's a definite recommend i highly recommend that what's what's next um i saw nice. the unholy because i heard jeffrey dean morgan is it yeah jeffrey dean morgan is in it and i gotta i gotta watch negan play a horror role at least once he kind of did good for um, <laughs> the story arc in that in that movie. 
in, in terms of his character, um, yeah. everything else left a lot to be desired. If all, if they only had like one good scare in, and that's probably it for the rest of the movie. The Fear Street trilogy, I already said my piece on that. Mwah. I still think the second movie yeah. is better. <laughs> the second one is better than all three. I'm I'm just gonna throw that out there. Uh, oh, the second yep. one at the campsite. Yep, yep. That one was the pretty dope. One will be my now, favorite. It, it's something about campsites and horror movies. I tell it you, it is. Just works. And plus, <laughs> we have such a nostalgic take on it, like Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. So of course we're gonna be recognized about it. Oh, what's next? Um, that's oh, dope, man. Oh, uh, I gotta. Yeah, give us one more. Give us one okay, more. You okay. got coming up. Actually, no, no, no. I damn. I still got a few more. Okay, I'll I'll do a fat rapid run. Conjuring three, Chucky, the TV series I'm watching right now. I still haven't finished it, but it is really good. The Invisible Man, I loved it. Pretty good story. To ten, very good body horror movie. Team, very good to your expectations, Kendall, for the way you watch movies. So I highly recommend you that to ten. Uh, Freaky. I just okay, recently watched it a few hours ago. Loved it. And the last one, Freaky I, was fun. I, I liked it for its campiness. And Vince Vaughn? Vince yeah, Vaughn? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> and the last one I'm going to talk about is Willy's Wonderland, where it's a horror movie that was kind of, kind of like take inspirations from a short horror film based on the same name and putting like a Five Nights at Freddy's real life action animatronic take into it i loved it because nicholas cage is a silent protagonist and he and you're literally seeing him kill animatronics <laughs> for the sake of killing animatronics and cleaning up a pizza plex for the whole movie and it's definitely worth it <laughs> it was worth it's worth your experience for watching i swear you'll laugh there's like uh uh kate characters that go in to try to destroy the place it's it's really funny. I swear, Nicholas Cage does his best just by, yeah. I I recommend Willy's Wonderland. I think you could no. It's also on Hulu. You can watch it on Hulu. It's really good. I watched it like five times. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nicholas Cage always gives me a good laugh, so I'll totally watch it. I know he's hilarious. Other, other than that, I think those are all all my lists of what I've seen for horror horror Jason horror Jason or horror movies for the rest of the year so far. Nice. That's How about you, Jackie? What have you been watching? What you been up to? A lot of stuff. No, I'm just <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Malignant. Like you know, I said I watched. You know, Candyman. You and I both watched that. Kendall. The Resident Evil: Infinite Darkness. The Netflix uh, series. Uh, Resident that was Evil. Good. Yeah, it was. It really was. It tied in with the other like canon animated films and the video games as well. Um, I was so yeah. iffy on watching Resident it. <laughs> Yeah. It's good. In the mm-hmm. short. I'll definitely watch it. Uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which we also watched in theater, and we covered it. That was also fun. Uh, Haunting of Blind Manor, I'm happy, because I at first I couldn't finish The Haunting of Hill House, because it triggered me <laughs> with the sleep paralysis oh. part, and then I finally finished it, and then I cried because it was so sad, and then Blind Manor is also really sad. I'm just like, this is so sad and beautiful. Um, which also based on books. Jackie loves crying. I do, I do, I do. Um, Fear Street series. You know, I already said what I said about that. Um, Hollywood kill, Holly, Halloween kills. <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> kills too. <laughs> hey, That's true. It does. Uh, yeah. I. Why? But anyway, let me just let me just be quiet. With someone's like, 
Caveat is on Shutter. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Isolation. Uh, Yeah, a lot of isolation and paranoia. That's what the film is about. Uh, (laughs) Cadavir, that's the one I was talking about. The Netflix series that has social commentary of like, what would you do? If you're poor, what less Mm -hmm. would you do if you're rich? That's a really good movie. Like, yo, I... If you, if both of you or anyone listening to this have not seen Cadaver, like it's spelled C A D A V E R, you need to watch it. It's very slow burn, slow burn. So just warning for that. Very slow burn, but really interesting, good film. Um, The Old Ways, also on Netflix, Mexican horror, uh, traditional. Check that out. Yeah, that's a good film. Uh, shout out to Rudy for recommending that. For me to watch uh nightbooks kid friendly based on a book fun movie which is ghost stories it's, it's hilarious uh you have like the goonies group um <laughs> and of course i can't forget like I, i'm an anime fan in and out demon slayer mugen train i watched it i read them i finished the whole manga i watched it i cried demon slayer season two watched it and i cried <laughs> <laughs> oh uh yeah i mean if if you guys are into like and this is for anyone like you jojo or even like our listeners you're into like dark fantasy anime little bit of like horror adjacent drama story demon slayer is just up there so good watch it read it the manga is complete it's been complete for like a whole year already but so good highly recommended like oh my god so good i did i did see a few episodes of um <laughs> demon slayer um out of out of like just for the sake of watching it on netflix i do want to continue watching it though because i did hear it's really good i want to see where the story unfolds i want to see if he he's, he's able it's to so cure beautiful. his daughter or something like not daughter cure his sister yeah it's it's yeah I, I don't know if you ever heard of it kendall right you never heard of demon slayer before yeah i have I've heard of it. I just it's one of those animes I've been meaning to sit down to watch for a while, but I'm trying to get through like a bunch of other old animes I haven't finished yet, like Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> three, two, but one, I, let's I've go. heard of Demon Slayer. See a space cowboy. All right. He died. So good. The music and that is just so good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, but what about you, Ken Adele? Oh man, I've been watching a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, I've already mentioned Dark and the Wicked, which was, like, so interesting. Uh, the one I was telling Jackie about recently was The Medium. That was, that one is wild. That's, like, a crazy horror film. It's, uh, it's kind of, like, a mockumentary-type style mm-hmm. about, like, uh, kind of, like, religion. And I forgot the exact location. But it's definitely Asian horror. I just can't remember the location the movie takes place. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, like, a documentary style of, like, these kid, these, like, uh, college students doing a documentary about, like, religion in a certain part of Asia following this lady who's like a medium and she starts to encounter some supernatural shit that's like wild as fuck and within her family and she's like trying to deal with it and the movie is like really really interesting and well done and the dialogue i would say is like really good i really enjoyed it i can't remember the other film the director did by this the same director who made this one did of a different title but i gotta check that one out. i gotta look it up again but the the medium was dope i really enjoyed that um that was one that I thought was interesting. Uh, another one I watched a while back that like kind of stuck with me because I ended up talking to like I think one of the writers for it on Twitter is uh, anything for Jackson. Uh, I've heard it's of a that. Shutter movie. I've heard of that. But I haven't yeah. watched it. I've heard of that. Yeah. It was it was good. It was good. I liked it. It was um 
the main one of the main reasons I watched it right away was because one of the lead actors I can't remember his name, but if you ever watch the show, the show Supernatural that was on Channel Eleven, around season five they introduced the character Death, mm. and the actor who played him, which is like this older man, he's the lead in anything for Jackson. So I was like, oh shit, it's Death. He's acting again because <laughs> he's just played the role of Death so good on Supernatural that like I just ever reference that role. But uh, anything for Jackson is like it's basically this uh, this married couple who like lost their grandchild. And they're trying to they're trying to come up. With, they basically looked into some like occult ways to bring their grandchild back to life. It's re- it's really really interesting. It's one of those films where it's like, well, what would you do to bring back a loved one, basically, and how it could kind it could of go only, horrifically wrong. And it can only lead to tears. Have you not seen Pet Cemetery? It could <laughs> only lead to tears. Exactly. It's never good. It's never good. Uh, <laughs> Resurrection is never good. Um, but the movie is that movie was really interesting and definitely got me with quite a few jump scares and just like unique sequences because a lot of the film takes place in like one location which is their house but it's like really really interesting some of the shit that you see and that they do in that movie i really enjoyed it a lot. um so yeah that, those are some of the main ones i was watching and then some of the stuff you know i saw with jackie uh i've been like i have shutter so i, I at least once a month i try to find one thing on shutter to watch just to like keep my subscription because <laughs> shutter has a lot of good Ooh, stuff I, got something. <laughs> I just remember i recently watched the advent calendar also shutter exclusive because people on twitter i mean have been talking about the advent calendar oh my god foreign film horror film great christmas calendar. horror film. it is so good also oh, christmas horror yes and also a good social commentary film so that's another recommendation for you guys if you have not seen it the advent calendar so good shout out to Shout out to horror community on Twitter, man. Because if it wasn't for you guys, I would have not seen it. So shout out God to love, you, horror, God horror community. Twitter for that. Oh yeah, the same the same director that did the medium also did Shutter. That was his first film. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was the oh, other yeah, film he did. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I came across that when yeah. I was looking at it, and I remember Kendall. I, I asked you, "Did you finish it?" <laughs> and you were like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay." I fell asleep. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I'm definitely gonna watch it. That would be like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck, Kendall? Good. What the fuck? So. <laughs> it's good it's good i highly recommend it i'd be like i told you i'd be living on shutter every once in a while i just i'd be stumbling upon gems I'm like, all right let's do this uh Superhost was another interesting one that i watched that one was really fun it was like a slasher film but it was like interesting it's basically like this couple that does like uh do like online reviews like basically like a youtuber or something like that they do like on, they stay at places kind of like you know through like kind of like airbnb they'll stare at a place stay at a place and then do like reviews of them on their youtube channel and shit and then they like go to stay at this one place and like the host just seems really weird, but they're not quite sure why. And uh, you kind of find out throughout the film and like it's just weird because like the lady who kind of kind of plays the villain, kind of like the actress, she just really switches really well between like being really nice and they're really crazy. So it's like a really interesting film. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Like really fun, but was kind of crazy in a like in a sense of like it being a slasher and as crazy as those tend to be. Hmm. But uh, yeah, those are some of the main ones I've been watching. And uh, Pedagore, I think I told, I don't think I told Jack about this one, but I noticed it ruined her life because in Pedagore, it's fucking wild. It's Asian horror, but that movie is fucking crazy. And yeah, that's really all I can say without explaining how crazy it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm gonna just leave that so, at that. <laughs> this is cold. This is a cold word that Kendall says where it's like it's fucking crazy. I can't tell anybody. That's cold for life. <laughs> it's gonna ruin your life, Jackie. <laughs> That's what it's cold for. If you ain't seen in Pedagore, oh boy. Like some of the visuals in that, holy shit. I was like, uh 
damn, I got to reevaluate why I like this genre sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it'd be some shit. <laughs> yeah. Half the films we watch and, and, and sometimes cover, half of it is because of Kandel I could understand that. I mean, so, I, I like, yeah. um, Jackie, I told you about Satan. Um, Kendall, I feel like Thank that's you. up your alley. It's a French, um, it's a French body horror. So oh, I'm gonna watch it ASAP. <laughs> If I have to say the summary, I'm gonna oh, have to say, okay. um, yeah, yeah, good. No, nah, don't even good. tell me. I'm gonna go good. watch it. I I'm might as well go just go like turkey. That. You'll have a good time. No, you won't. You'll have a good time. No, you won't. Yes, you will. <laughs> I guess before we get out of here, you guys got like one or two movies you're looking forward to this year. I know everybody hyped for Scream. I don't know if either one of you are hyped for those because you know. You know how that goes. Leave Sydney no, alone. We can start with the cat. Okay, Leave Sydney so, alone. Oh yeah, Jojo, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, you go about first. Scream, that's like, I am, I am, I am very good that you know it's coming back. Sure, yes. Um, what I'm not good is that it's a January release, and we both know how January is to horror movies. So that's that's leaving me up in the air about it. Um, not good because. Remember, remember when The Grudge came out? At least when The Grudge was was promoted in January, and then January came, and it was like dog turkey. That's that's where, that's where I'm like up in the air with Scream, but I'm really hoping <laughs> it doesn't come that way because Lord help me, they they better respect Wes Craven and the crap that he has established. But uh, I'm a, I'm still excited about that. Um, the next horror movie I'm kind of looking forward to for 2022, um, The Black Phone. Because Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke looks very yes. interesting in this, and I'm very yeah. curious about its like premise too. Also, also, it was written by Stephen King's son, so there you go. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard it. I heard it is very close to the source material. Okay, based on some research that I have and some viewing, it's very close to it. I want to read it actually. Hmm. Yeah, I saw the trail, like some of the trailer when I got what we saw. But I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I like oh, the mask that he's wearing. It looks, one, it looks like, interesting. Probably an extra, probably the remake of Firestarter. Because I've been meaning to watch the original one with um, Drew Barrymore. But with, while this came out, and also the new Jordan Peele film, Nope. Because that sounds very. It's it 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 sounds so weird and yeah. so interesting <laughs> and so up his level. And plus the casting choices around it, it's very specific. Palmer, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, yeah. and Steven Yoon. That's I, I that's still can't. Like all -star I cast still right can't there. understand what the poster means. What does it mean? <laughs> yeah, word. It's just a cloud floating over like a town. How about you, Jackie? Um, definitely looking forward to Hocus Pocus two. Uh, of course, Jordan <laughs> Peele's Nope. I definitely. I mean, I feel like anything he does is like top tier. So exactly. Good. And then you have Steven Young. <laughs> you know, Stephen Young is so cool. Um, what else? Uh, the Black Phone. I'm interested in watching, but I feel like it's really gonna freak me out. <laughs> um, and let me see. I'm kind of interested in Orphan: The First Kill, which is yeah. like a sequel to the first Orphan. That's gonna be interesting. Um, it's a prequel, right? I don't know because she's. Or is it a I sequel? think it's a sequel because I think Esther, she's returning, 
But I don't know. I think I have to do some major magic tricks with her because, you know, the, the actress who plays yeah. Esther, she is a full grown adult now. Like she's growing. Even when she was <laughs> doing the orphan, she was developing and they had to tape her boobs so she would look like a child. Um, and because she was very pretty much fully developed. But yeah, uh, I'm kind of, kind of interested in watching Scream to see what they do. It feels like they're going back to the first film, doing shout out. It's like new, you know, Sydney, her Scooby Doo gang are now trying to find out why a new group <laughs> is being terrorized by Ghostface. But at the same time, yeah, but at the same time, I feel like I, I feel like that dude who's like, like you know, yeah. leave Britney alone. I'm like, leave Sydney alone. Like, I feel like putting on a banner, taking it, <laughs> and like, leave Sydney alone. Leave her alone. Um, cause I mean, I mean, come on, you sit here alone, literally. She has a kid now. <laughs> she really can't. For real, like God, leave her alone. Um, I most of the, I feel the same way about Hollywood. I mean, um, Hollywood, Hollywood, like, <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Not once, but twice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel the same way about Halloween ends. Um. I don't know how to feel about the, the so-called final chapter. I bet she's not even going to be a final chapter because Michael Myers Probably gets revived not. like every three years. And I'm just like, don't die. he's not. He's supernatural now. He's he's, he's like a, a, he's a force. He's Halloween like, ends is supposed to done, happen man. Tired. Um, three years after kills. So it's supposed to be like a time jump ahead of it. Leave Laurie Strode alone, okay? Leave her alone. She just wants to be a normal nana with her kids. Leave her alone, okay? And leave Sydney alone. Man. I'm tired. Considering half the things Michael Myers done, done I'm surprised every town is an may, arms may I just May I just say like one quick, like, <laughs> mini, like small mini theory? I don't, e I don't even think Michael Myers was going after mm -hmm. Laurie Strode in like the first reboot of Halloween to begin with. Has anyone ever thought of that? Because hmm. the doctor literally just drove Michael to her home just to see what happened. You talking about in the 2018 one, or you mean the original? original? In the 2018 one. In the 2018 one. Because, uh, yeah, because he had no attention. So the doctor showed him. He had a sick obsession. The whole Lori and Michael and we, thing. That's and we got to remember like, that. And we got to remember Brad? that. Um, it oh. takes place uh, <laughs> after the first Halloween, so we don't know if Laurie Strode is mm -hmm. related to Michael at this point. Well, the fun fact... That is a good point. The fun fact about that, though, is the fact that originally John Carpenter with the script has said that how Michael Myers had no motive for why he did what he did. It was Hollywood that wanted him to write a motive, which is why in the sequel they made it like, oh, Laurie's his sister, which originally it's not. He was never. She was never his sister. He yeah, just killed just to kill. Yeah, he just does what he does that, because he's Michael Myers and he's a psychopath. That's it. Which honestly, and, like that, and that, show, and that shows like a new development person. in Lori mm -hmm. because she suffered all this trauma thinking that uh, Michael's gonna come after her and specifically her when that wasn't the case when he was just killing just to kill. That shows like the deep type of traumatization yep. that happens that would be interesting. When, when a murder spree like that, it's very unique. It's a unique concept that I wish they explored more. Yeah, and that's something I also want to see more in 2022. Like, we want to see the survivors actually fight back, like Sydney. 
Again, leave Sydney alone. I'm not trying to adore Scream Six. Leave Sydney alone. They made like they nine make stabs. Scream Campbell can't walk no more. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking about stab, when are we gonna get the stab movie? People, I want to see stab. I want to see the somebody, movie stab. Okay, read, leave Scream read, alone. Read, Give me stab. Stab makes stab. Yeah. I- I was hoping Scary Movie was that, actually, but you know, the Scary Movies kept changing. It wasn't just, like, focused on Scream anymore. I was, I was hoping every Scary mo- Movie really sequel was actually about Scream. That'd have been funny. <laughs> Cindy, watch out! Uh, I still love <laughs> Scary Movies to this day. It's, it's something so... It's, oh, something so it's such a good, guilty pleasure movie, just to go back and just laugh at it. what horror movies that we saw and just saw Same. a funny take mm-hmm. of it. True. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Of course, let's, of course. Let's get ready it's a to get out of here, guys. Jojo, thank you for coming, man. Talking about horror. Yes. Uh, Talking you... about horror. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and tell our uh, listeners yes. where uh, they can find I'm you. Really prominent in Instagram at JP7222. Uh, crazy one with a K. K for crazy. That's I'm exactly like that if it sounds like an xbox uh gamer tag that's because it is and i kind of stuck with it i'm sorry not sorry <laughs> you can also catch me on streaming live on twitch because i do <laughs> video game streaming uh same same username uh as my instagram i'm also on twitter at rockband fanatic um you'll see it in the show notes and that's about it. Oh, you can also catch my YouTube at the same username. So I'm basically everywhere. Everywhere you will find me. I am unstoppable. I am Thanos. <laughs> awesome. But it's nice <laughs> to be here talking with you guys. I've had so much fun. Yay! I'm happy. Oh, of We're course, happy. of course. Like, I mean, I'm the favorite. Kendall right? is Kendall. You're my I'm favorite. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, much love to you Kendall too <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> yeah man I appreciate it yeah Jackie you can take us out alright uh, but yeah so our new year look forward to our 2022 lineup what 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 until then ooh you goes goodbye